Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is the Joe and Amber Podcast. Tip-off between the Lakers and the Warriors, between LeBron James and Steph Curry once again. That game is coming our way at 10 p.m. Eastern tomorrow night. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Get a business insurance quote online in as little as six minutes. Visit ProgressiveCommercial.com. Amber Wilson, Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find him on social at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. So more Steph, more LeBron. We've seen this matchup in the postseason Four other times, this will be the fifth time in the NBA playoffs that we have gotten this. Joe, Steph Curry, is 35 years old. He just turned 35, I believe. Uh, last month or a couple months ago, LeBron turned 38 in December. Enjoy it while you can enjoy it, right? Because it ain't going to last forever. I don't know if we're going to get this again. Think about the alternative to this series, which would have been Kings versus Grizzlies. Nothing but speed and youth up and down the court early and often. Instead, it's Lakers versus Warriors. It's age, it's veteran savvy, it's grizzle, it's championship medal, it's all that stuff. Fascinating. The way Vegas sees it, Golden State opens as a minus 155 favorite to win the series, so that basically says they have a 60% chance of winning. Lakers are coming in on extra rest. I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers win game one. They're a four and a half point underdog on the road. Let me tell you why. There is a history, a very noted history in the NBA. Teams coming off of Game 7, quick turnarounds, struggling in Game 1. Last 20 postseasons, teams that have gone out and won a Game 7 are 16-29-1 against the spread the next time out. They struggle. And this is 48 hours of turnaround for a Warriors team that, let's face it, the age was showing in the last couple games in the series. If you didn't watch yesterday and you just saw the box score, And you're saying to yourself, wow, the Warriors crushed them. It required every ounce of Steph Curry's being to keep them in that game early because Klay Thompson was MIA. Jordan Poole, again, with the huge contract, MIA. Draymond Green's not a scorer. Wiggins is solid, but he's not a prolific scorer given his role within this offense. Steph had to do everything, and then the Kings absolutely broke after a third quarter in which the Warriors killed them on the offensive glass. You watched the Kings basically quit in the fourth quarter of that game. So now here we go. I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers steal game one, and then all of a sudden we have ourselves a series, because I don't think Golden State should be this big of a favorite. All due respect to them, but the Laker defense is vastly superior to what the Kings bring to the table. I don't get it either, because I saw the Warriors' struggles like you did, and frankly, I saw some of the Lakers' struggles as well in their series, despite, in the end, LeBron being able to figuratively uh, and literally dunk on uh, Dylan Brooks's head for calling him old. But you mentioned there what Steph Curry had to do in Game 7. I mean, he had to put the Warriors on his back in order to get that win. He becomes the first player in NBA history to put up 
50 points in a game seven. It was historic. It was unbelievable. And now he has to take on the greatest player of this generation in LeBron James once again. And so I just think it's a tall ask considering the performance that he's coming off of. LeBron James, though, the Lakers forward at his press conference, put the Warriors uh, as one of the hardest teams that you could ever play against. You know, some, some teams I've played in my career that's, um, that's had that, that, that notion on you, and, and they're one of them. They're right there at the top, you know, along with some of those great San Antonio Spurs teams where you just, if you make a mistake, they make you pay, and it's that simple. So we have to be locked in, you know, um, you know, because they're going to already do a great job of scoring anyways, even when you got a body on top of them. You've seen some of the shots that um, the routine shot Steph was making in Game 7 that everybody was going crazy at, but that's just Steph. That's that's. You're that great, to, uh, you know. Uh, you 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 make tough shots like that. So we got to be locked in and uh, you know not hurt ourselves. You know, it's obvious how much these guys respect each other, right? I mean, it just is, right? Ultimate competitors, uh, they'll play each other really tough. They clearly respect each other immensely. Two of the faces of the NBA, and that ain't going to last forever because they are two aging superstars. So this just feels like one of those veteran rivalries that could go either way because both of these guys know what they're doing and obviously relish in the big moment. This is not the biggest stage that we've seen this rivalry on by any means, but because of this rivalry, it feels extra special. Pointed out the flaws with Golden State at the beginning of the segment. Looking at the Lakers, as as well as they have played post everything that happened at the trade deadline, there were some head scratchers against Memphis. Game mm-hmm. two, no John Morant, no Steven Adams. The front court's all banged up. You go out there and you get rolled by 10 points. Game five, when you were back in Memphis, you lose by 17. They got worked a little bit, and they showed their age as well. So the longer this series goes, it's going to come down to these role players and these bench guys and whether or not they can step up and contribute. And with Golden State, you didn't see a lot of that. Guys come off the bench and are able to help play defense, facilitate. Gary Payton comes to mind. Uh, Moses Moody played well. But the Lakers had some scores. I think they had five different guys who led a game in scoring for them over the course of that series with Memphis. They were able to turn it over to a few different individuals. So that's going to be the key because we're all going to look at Steph. We're all going to look at LeBron. But Steph in yesterday's game was asked to do everything. You can't ask him to do that for six or seven games. He's not going to be able to do it every single time out. Someone's going to have to hit some shots. And if Jordan Poole can't find something at some point in this series, I don't think they're going to be able to win it. This is the very rare matchup between a sixth and a seventh seed in the second round. We don't normally see that. And a lot of people are comparing it to, you know, 2016. It feels like 2016 all over again. And I'm like, eh, I mean, it's the second round. And then also, (laughs) the Warriors aren't nearly as good as they were. And then also, this Lakers team isn't nearly as good as the Cavs, right? I mean, that's the reality of it is neither of these teams – I don't think are particularly elite. I think that they both have their flaws. I think they're led by those superstars who are as elite as it gets. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. I, I, one thing I have to bring up here, what LeBron did to Dylan Brooks Mm -hmm. and how Dylan Brooks (laughs) responded afterwards. He talked all that trash and not only did he get completely punked, but He bailed on media sessions multiple times. He ran from the media. Like, he literally talked his game, did nothing on the court, and then ran from the media on multiple occasions. How do you ever respect someone like that moving forward? Can you? No, you don't, because he didn't back it up. And I don't just mean by 
his play on the court. We knew Dylan Brooks wasn't really going to be able to back it up when you compare him to LeBron James, right? That's why I kept saying, I love this trash talk. I wish it, frankly, was coming from a better player than Dylan Brooks. Like, if Steph Curry was having that kind of trash talk about LeBron heading into this rivalry, that would really ratchet things up. But that doesn't come from those all-time greats, let's be real. It comes from Dylan Brooks. I respect it. I like having the villain in the sport. The problem was, though, Dylan Brooks didn't back it up on the court, but then also he didn't back it up off the court. That was the more disappointing point to me, was that then he's ducking the media. It's like, no, bro, if you're going to be the villain, be the villain. Like, embrace that role. Draymond embraces that role in the NBA. Embrace that role. If you're yes. the villain, cool, embrace it. And even after losses, you're out there. Even if you get punked, you're out there. Keep running your mouth if that's how you want to do it. We might all think you're ridiculous, but that might be your MO. What you can't do is hide. It was so disappointing. And then LeBron no, picked up what, the rap lyrics liking. or whatever. I mean, he just owns them. He just dunks on his head in every <laughs> single way. So, I mean, that rivalry is just over. LeBron ends up tweeting out all about, you know, a grown man and big shoes to fill. And he lets him know once that series was over. Dylan Bricks, uh, you're going to learn a thing or two. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, who were the biggest winners and losers of last week's NFL draft? We never got to react to the draft, so let's get into it. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Get to the NFL draft. What does it mean moving forward? Joe and I haven't gotten a chance to react to everything that happened over the weekend and Thursday and Friday when we were off, giving a little airtime to the NFL draft in our place. Right now, though, let's get a little, little airtime to this matchup between the Celtics and the 76ers because the Seas are leading the 76ers 62-53. to There's a few minutes left in the second quarter. So far, James Harden out there without Joel Embiid. Joe, 21 points he's put up. Nine for 13 and 16 minutes. We'll continue to keep you updated on that series. But Joe's got some betting advice. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. 
James Harden with 21 points about 20 minutes into the game. Thank God no one on this show is dumb enough to bet under 22 and a half points in the last <laughs> hour. Take that Maybe hour. Maybe score another one. I don't want to see a podcast link to that opening hour. Fire that opening hour of tonight's show into the sun. That bet was so bad. Here we go. Let's redeem ourselves a little bit. We got three bets coming for the Nuggets game tonight. Tips off at 10.05 p.m. Eastern. First one's going to be very straightforward. Nuggets minus four over the Suns. The difference in this series is very simple. The Denver bench can play. The Phoenix bench can't. Denver's bench ranks third in the NBA in net rating this postseason. Third. That's really solid. Denver's ranks ninth. Keep in mind there are only 16 teams in the playoffs. Keep in mind there are only eight teams left, and somehow they rank ninth. A team that actually lost in the opening round had a better bench than the Suns have had. That's what's going to kill them. Look at the first quarter of the first game. Phoenix outscored the Suns by one point in that first quarter. Booker and KD played every single minute. Then they had to get their rest in the second quarter, and Denver outscored them by 18 points. The Phoenix Suns are too thin. They don't have the depth. Nuggets by four tonight. Pizza money number four. What's shocking, guys, is once the fourth pick was turned in, we saw three quarterbacks go to the top four. I don't think any of us would have sat here and said, oh, we're done for the night with quarterbacks. I don't know how you hold turnovers on Kentucky with the offensive line as bad as it was against Will Levis. Joe and Amber's presented by Progressive Insurance. We talked a lot about the NFL draft leading up to the draft, and the huge majority of the conversation relied on where these quarterbacks were going to end up, Joe, because really we didn't know. I mean, we had a pretty good idea. You felt like Bryce Young and CJ were probably going to be the first, you know, few picks anyways. There was questions about whether the Texans were going to do there at the second pick. Things ended up getting very interesting very early in this draft. Now, Bryce Young did go first to the Carolina Panthers. That wasn't shocking. And then we were all waiting after that to see what the heck was going to happen. The Houston Texans took C.J. Stroud, so you got a quarterback there. The Houston Texans then moved up, took Will Anderson Jr. None of us expected that. So Alabama off the board. Then the Indianapolis Colts took Anthony Richardson, the quarterback out of Florida at four. I don't think anybody expected necessarily that to be his landing spot. We got all these quarterbacks off the board right around, right away, bing, bing, boom. And then Will Levis never comes off the board in the first round. We're done with quarterbacks for the night. You just heard Mel say it there on the intro. And I think that was also surprising to everyone. If you uh, followed the betting markets, you knew something was happening with Anthony Richardson in the 10 hours leading up to the draft. His over-under, every prop surrounding Richardson started moving in the morning, and it told you flat out that he was going to go a lot higher than expected. And he ends up going four to the Colts, where a lot of people, myself included, had Will Levis. And then Levis plummets. And to be honest, now you go back, you listen to some individuals who have played the position, have played in the NFL, who know how to study tape, and they were saying it about Levis for a while. The tape just didn't add up. Too many turnovers, too many missed plays, too many mistakes. It wasn't clean tape, and it ended up costing him as he fell down the board. The Stroud pick at number two for the Texans. I want to make something clear. I know most people get this, but it's worth repeating because a lot of people are looking at how much Houston gave up to Arizona to trade up to three to, quote, get a linebacker. There was some gamesmanship here on behalf of the Texans. They couldn't draft Will Anderson two and then trade back up to three with Arizona for Stroud because Tennessee was trying to trade up with Arizona as well. So not only is it a competitive bid working against you to try to get that spot, but it's a division rival. 
So if you go Anderson two and then trade up for Stroud, you run the risk of being outbid by the Titans. Conversely, if you take Stroud number two, Tennessee no longer wants to trade up because their guy is gone, and you get a better deal trading up to grab Will Anderson at three. A lot of people thought they were trading up for a linebacker. They weren't. They were basically trading up for those two players who they were targeting the whole time. They couldn't run the risk of doing it with Stroud because, again, they could have gotten outbid and missed out entirely. It seemed like a hell of a draft for the Houston Texans because they went after it. We'll see, though. It all comes down to how those guys actually end up panning out in the league. That is a TBD, but it seems like a very good draft for the Houston Texans. Chris Canty of Canty and Carlin thinks that the Texans might have exponentially helped themselves for next season. This team was ready to absorb a franchise quarterback. If you think about the offensive line that they have in place, they added Juice Scruggs, who's a really good center out of Penn State, too. Not a lot of people know him, but he's going to be an anchor for the interior of that Texas offensive line. I love what the Texans did. And dare I say, Houston, as a worst-to-first candidate in 2023. You heard it here. The Houston Texans as a worst-to-first candidate in 2023. I mean, there we to, go. Yeah. There we go with the first take audition. Yeah, that's exactly what that go. is. I mean, that is a bold prediction. There's uh, for, no radio show team. on earth that I would have expected to come out and say it outside of them. That that there we go. The worst to first. That Texans team stinks. That roster, they've added talent, but they still stink. Uh, oh, I mean, oh, even if it pans I out, I feel dirty just listening to that and playing that commentary. On our show. Even if it pans out, you still see a lot of flaws with the Houston Texans. I mean, they had a lot of needs, and they weren't able to address them all in this NFL draft. But then also, that's a lot of pressure to put it on C.J. Stroud. I mean, we haven't seen a quarterback come out of the gate and go from worst to first. Like, that ain't how it works in the rookie seasons with these quarterbacks. So that's a lot of pressure, even if those picks end up working out for the Houston Texans. I did like how aggressive they were in this draft. I thought it was fun. I was surprised that AR was the choice for the Colts. I was thrilled as a Gators fan to see him go so high, right? I was surprised. That's a team that needs a quarterback right now. I thought that he was going to get drafted by a team that was going to have him sit behind somebody and learn like a Seattle Seahawks, take the time. I was very surprised that they end up going with Anthony Richardson there and then Will Levis falls all the way to the second round, doesn't show up to the draft for the second round. The first day obviously was depressing watching a Will Levis fall. He ends up going to the Tennessee Titans. I was also very surprised by that Joe all right so let's address all that number one I, I still want to go back to Canny's reckless commentary I want to mention one more thing of course who are the wide receivers that are going to help CJ Stroud develop into an NFL wide right what are the weapons uh Nico Collins John Mechie the third from Alabama Robert Woods who's always hurt it's not really a loaded unit of like veteran established playmakers that are there to help carry a rookie quarterback Damian Pierce had a really nice year as a running back, so I'll give him credit, but it's still a rebuild. I like D'Amico Ryans as a head coach. They're heading in the right direction. This whole worst the first thing, bookmark that. I want to revisit that when it comes, uh, you know what time, for uh, doing the accounting. Now, to your point on Anthony Richardson, interesting pick, a lot of upside. Shane Steichen, the new head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, was the offensive coordinator in Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts. He helped develop him. He was with the Chargers previously. He helped develop Justin Herbert. He's got a track record, but it's different. It's different going from coordinator to head coach. You're the CEO now. You got a lot more you got to handle. How often do we see rookie coach, rookie quarterback have a really great opening year? Not to say it can't be a solid year for those guys. There's a lot of question marks there as well. And then for Levis, 
bad look not coming back on day two of the draft. People want to see you handle adversity. He didn't show that. We didn't even get to your Philadelphia Eagles. A lot of people think that they won the NFL draft. We're not going to get to them next. We're going KD and Son. Joe and Amber, the podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From country all show to this, this was a little jarring uh, to me. Rachel on the ones and this twos is an today. Excellent song. If you say so, James. Uh, this we song appreciate was anything, the though, song of summer in 1999. This was yeah. the best song that summer. That was the summer I graduated from high school. That was the absolute best song. Also, probably the year Rachel was born. So look at that. Wait, what year was it? 1999. <laughs> Close. I was Please. little. I, I was. I was little. I like how you just went with little to make us all feel better about it. I appreciate that out of you, Rachel. Amber Wilson, Joe Fortenball with us, uh, with you on Joe and Amber. You can find him on social at Joe Fortenball. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. We are going to get into the action in the NBA coming up later, but also I want to get Joe's reaction to the NFL draft from his Eagles perspective because I said I wasn't going to get to it, but Joe's a big Eagles fan and everyone's talking about Philadelphia winning the draft and I want to see how Joe feels about things. First, though, he's got more betting advice. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. All right, we gave you the Nuggets minus four over the Suns for the game in the last uh, quarter hour. If anyone even understands what that means, that was probably the worst terminology to use ever. I could have just said 15 minutes ago. Nerd alert, as they would say in Austin Powers. Uh, We're going to go Nuggets first half in this one. Nuggets minus two in the first half over the Suns. The Nuggets or excuse me, the Suns, their first half net rating. I know that I'm really geeking out here. Just stick with me on this. Their first half net rating in the playoffs is minus 8.2. That is horrible. The only thing you need to know is out of 16 playoff teams, that ranks 14th. 14th out of 16. Most of those teams have been eliminated, if you can believe it or not. They were outscored in the first half by a grand total of 28 points through the first six games they've played four of which were against the Clippers that they won. And then they had a loser against the Clippers and then a loser against the Nuggets. When Booker and Durant come out of the game, it is a nightmare for the Suns. That's all you need to know. Pizza money number five, Nuggets minus two in the first half over the Suns. With the ninth pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select Jalen Carter, defensive tackle, Georgia. He's as good as, as he has ever seen up front, ever evaluated. Last year, he would have been arguably the number one overall pick. Rangers, Devils right now, 0-0, and also C's up on the 76ers, 66-63. to That game is at the half. We'll keep you updated on those things, but you heard it just then. I want to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles and what they did in this draft and kind of wrap up our draft talk a little bit, Joe, because there was so much to react to coming out of this NFL draft. You and I spent the entire last segment just on the quarterbacks alone that were near the top of the draft. We never even got to some of the draft grades for some of these other teams. You're a huge Eagles fan. Jalen Carter, the first pick 
Nick, a D tackle who falls a little bit because of the off the field issues. They take Jalen Carter. People are loving what the Eagles do. Nolan Smith, uh, Tyler Steen, and then trading and landing running back DeAndre Smith Swift from the Lions. People have lost their minds over this. What say you? Because it doesn't seem like you feel the same. I don't care if you win the draft. What does that mean? There's no score. This is the most ridiculous. Look, I love Matt and Mel and Todd. I love those guys. Love those guys. And I understand this is part of the business. So I'm not trying to criticize anything they're doing. But how can you grade a test that hasn't been taken? That is always the most ridiculous thing. And I get that it's content. I work in sports betting. I do a lot of ridiculous content. Check it out. 6 p.m. Eastern, ESPN2, Daily Wager, Monday through Friday. But, like, this idea that, oh, they they grade out. The best grade in the draft goes to the Eagles. How do you know? Those guys haven't even been inside the building yet. They haven't played a single down. They haven't done anything. So to put a grade on the draft, I always find to be ridiculous. That's number one. Number two. So Jalen Carter falls, the Eagles draft him, and everyone celebrates. Well, why did he fall? If he's so great, why didn't someone else take him? The Bears needed interior defensive line help. They passed. They literally traded with you and allowed you to take him, which tells me a few things. There are some red flags here. Maybe it turns out to be like Warren Sapp when he fell on draft day. Sapp went on to have a Hall of Fame career. He's incredible on the field. But maybe those red flags rear their ugly head. Nolan Smith was awesome at Georgia, but the over-under for his draft position was like 11 and a half. He went 30. Why did he fall? Then everyone points to last year. Oh, look at all the Georgia guys they drafted. Last year they drafted Jordan Davis and uh, N'Kobe Dean. N'Kobe Dean didn't even play. Jordan Davis barely played for them last Mm -hmm. year. So, you know. They love the Georgia Bulldogs, huh? Those Philadelphia Eagles. And if you're going to start drafting players from a university, I mean, you can obviously pick worse teams than Georgia with all the talent they've got. But let's pump the freaking brakes before we go nuts and start crowning the Eagles the champions. Last I saw, they were getting run over in the second half by James's Kansas City Chiefs. I had to bring that into the show. They got steamrolled in the second half James, that game. James, you don't need to run to who? the microphone. Wait, we're fine. James, you can we're come good. on in. It's, 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 it enjoy the, your victory. Chiefs, he just right? got so excited. I just need you guys to know that. Yeah, yeah. I know. I what, he was what, practically what asleep there a second ago. We're talking about the Chiefs? Straight up. I'm, I'm in. You uh, got no, let's not talk about the Chiefs. I already said something positive about that. I don't it's... think the Chiefs uh, in this draft are nearly as interesting as what the Eagles did. I do think that Joe has a point. It's a very objective view from you, by the way. A little bit of a Philly view, right, where you're still just uh, tearing down your team when everybody's you saying the question, they had the best okay? draft. But I did. I set you up for it. <laughs> I do. I do think that there's harder things in the world than just drafting and getting everybody out of Georgia, right? Like, if I was a general manager, I feel like I could, too, do that. Like, just uh, point my finger at the Georgia Bulldogs, be like, you know, especially from the defensive side of the ball, like, I will take them. Well, not, not to <laughs> burn down Mike like Mayock. the most innovative thought process in the world. Not to burn down Mike Mayock, but when he was the GM of the Raiders, all he did was draft Clemson and Alabama guys. And, and yep. that, we saw how that turned out. That was a disaster. Mm-hmm. Like, a Cleveland right. Farrell, he's not – half those dudes he was drafting aren't even with the team anymore. Josh Jacobs is good. Don't get me wrong on that. I, don't, I want to give him his due, and I like Mayock. I think he does a fantastic job, but I don't know. I, it, look, the Eagles could turn out to end up having struck gold with every single pick, but the idea that we're just falling all over themselves because they drafted some guys who slid, 
you know, there were other teams that were passing. There's some of the, who are the best players in the NFL right now, right? I'd love to know where some of them are drafted. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, what was the grade the Chiefs got for that? James, don't worry right. about it. Jalen Hurts, what was the grade the Eagles got for that? Like, we can go around the world on some of these quarterbacks. Josh Allen, the Bills got crushed. The guy can't complete passes. Like, every year, every year, there, there's people we're very excited about that don't pan out and guys that, that get criticized that play really, really well. So I'm not I, – I think it's such, it's, it's such a futile exercise to go nuts over these drafts and start proclaiming winners and losers when nothing's actually taking place yet. I eat it up. I eat up these draft grades. And it makes sense to do it by position a little bit. I mean, the, the way to do the draft – I don't totally agree with you that there's no way to do it. Of course, it ultimately matters how these guys pan out. But a lot of the post-draft analysis from our experts – is did they address the positions of need? And so you can kind of start there when you have some of these teams that end up drafting other positions and you're like, did they really need to do that? It was that was that where they needed to put their resources? I can understand then the draft grade. The Falcons, some people have been critical. Do they really need to take Bijan Robinson with that eighth pick in the draft? Did they need to address that running back position there when the Falcons have so many needs? Some people critical of them for doing that. Now, Bijan Robinson ends up going to be on to be a generational talent. And of course, all those draft grades are wrong. I like what the Lions did in this draft, taking Hendon Hooker, ending up with him, uh, getting a tight end for Jared Goff as well in that draft. I feel like they had a good draft. None of it matters. You're right. None of it matters. We have to see how it plays out. No, it's okay. Listen, for those who get excited about it, 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 it speaks to the power of the NFL. The NFL turned two administrative tasks. One is a job fair. The other is the employee schedule release. And they turned them into marquee primetime events. And I love that the fans eat it up. And I love that they love it. And I love all the work that everyone puts into it. I'm just saying that it always gets me that we hand these grades out. We haven't even taken the test yet. And to your point, when you're saying positions of need, I get that. But think about where Green Bay would be if they drafted position for need rather than best player available when they took Aaron Rodgers. They already had Brett Favre. They didn't have a need for a quarterback, but they drafted him because he was the best guy on the board, and it got him another Super Bowl and like another 20 years of Hall of Fame quarterback play. So what, what are we? What, how do we value it? Is it about drafting for need, or is it about drafting the best possible? Possible player. That's another speaking argument of, that comes up every speaking time. Speaking of the Packers, they had a pretty good draft, taking uh, Luke Musgrave in that second round, getting a tight end and a security blanket there for Jordan Love. All right, enough of the draft nonsense. Joan Ambrose <laughs> presented by Progressive Insurance. Murray stops in Suns are already walking off on the baseline, headed back to the locker room. Well, I'm having fun. We're having fun, and uh, we've been waiting for this for a while. We're going to see if they're having fun tonight. The Suns Nuggets tips off at 10 p.m. Eastern tonight in game two. You heard it there. Denver up on the Suns. A one game in this series. The Suns, Joe, have a depth issue. Oh, my God, do they have a depth issue. So game one against the Nuggets, they come out, fantastic quarter. Booker plays all 12 minutes. Durant plays all 12 minutes. Suns have a one-point lead going into the second. You're thinking to yourself, me specifically, I was at the UFC Apex while this was happening. I'm like, I'm going to lose this bet. I thought Denver was going to hammer him. And then, boom, Durant has to sit for a couple minutes, get his breath back. Uh, Booker has to sit for a couple minutes. Denver outscores him by 18 points. The Suns have been slow starters all postseason. They have had trouble in the minutes when Durant and or Booker are not on the floor. CP3 is 38 years old, and this will ultimately be their demise because this Denver team is really good. A lot of people didn't want to buy in. It's time to buy in. 
Because if they win this series, and I wouldn't be shocked if they won this thing in five. I'm going to throw that out there right now. If they win this thing in five and they're rested and ready for either Golden State or L.A. after those two are done tearing each other apart, woo, Denver's going to be in the, in the championship round. And they're going to be up there against the Boston Celtics, who apparently can't miss against the Sixers here tonight. That's neither here nor there at the moment. That depth problem is a major issue for the Suns. Uh, yeah, the Boston Celtics right now up on the 76ers. Uh, 66 to 63 is what I have on my screen. I'm always behind. 70%. Right? It's 68-65 Celtics. There it's a three-point lead. How can you only be up three when you're shooting 70% from the floor? They're 29 to 41. This 68, is shocking. 63. In the third, about 10 minutes left in the third quarter in that game. Coming up next year on Joe and Amber, it's your turn to weigh in. Bring us your hottest takes. What is the draft grade you'd give your NFL team? Joe loves NFL draft grades. No. NBA postseason. You want to fluff your feathers like me about the Miami Heat being up a game on the New York Knicks? Whatever you've got on your mind. Go ahead and give us a call. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. The phone lines are open here on Joe and Amber. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Phone lines are open here on Joe and Amber. We're going to get to your phone calls in just moments. I see you lining up already. Triple eight, say ESPN. We love when you join the conversation. 888-729-3776. That's how you do it here on Joe and Amber. We'll get to your calls, but first let's try to make you a little bit more money. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. All right, final one of the night. This is from the Nuggets-Suns game as well. Nikola Jokic over 13.5 rebounds. A little juicy, minus 125, but we're playing it for good reason. 19 rebounds in game one. 19. That's not what I want you to focus on. I want you to focus on the fact that he only played 33 minutes. That's it. It took 33 minutes to rack up 19 boards against the Suns. Why? Well, they're an average rebounding team. Of the 16 teams in the postseason, they ranked 8th in rebounding percentage. Perhaps more importantly, there are highlights going around of DeAndre Ayton just completely mailing it in underneath the glass. There's this one that's on Twitter. He's just standing there watching everyone go up and down trying to get this rebound. It's like four attempts from Jokic. Ayton won't even get involved. So there's a reason why you can see he is where he is with his career despite being the number one overall pick and why he wasn't able to sign for all that monster money he thought he was going to get last year. But that's neither here nor there. Only 33 minutes led to 19 boards. We don't need 19. We need 14. And we're going to get more minutes tonight. Nikola Jokic over 13 and a half rebounds. 13 black odd. No winner. Spin the wheel. Make a deal. It's a game of chance. Let's play. Call a roulette. With Joe and Amber. Triple H say ESPN. That's the number. Let's spin the wheel. The Sixers now making things interesting. They now have a two-point lead on the Seas, by the way. DeMarcus. DeMarcus is in Texas. Hey, DeMarcus, thanks for the phone call tonight. Go ahead. How you doing? Good. Go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to Yes, I just wanted to touch on what the guy was just saying before you guys went on commercial break. Um, it was just basically that I believe that the Celtics over in the East are pretty strong, but if I, I'm, I'm kind of not sold on the Knicks right now. So I do believe Miami will pull from under that. I think they would just win it from the other night. But if Miami can make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, that will go to Game 7, and I believe Miami will pull that off. Over in the West, 
I'm, I'm totally behind Denver. But I also do believe that if the Lakers can make it past Golden State in six, that Western Conference Finals will be tough and also go to seven between the Lakers and Denver as well. Thanks for the call, Demarcus. I love your heat take there uh, and your your expectation that they're going to dominate the Knicks. I think the West, though, is the more interesting conversation to be had because, Joe, I'm not one that believes, frankly, the Lakers or the Warriors are going to test the Suns or the Nuggets. I guess I feel better about both the Suns and the Nuggets than either of those teams. I mean, one of two things. I don't see the Suns advancing in past this round. So I think one of two things is going to happen. Either the Nuggets are going to shut all of us up for having not believed in them from the start of the season when they were just kicking everyone's butt, or... You're going to see the winner of the Warriors-Lakers just show you once again why either Steph or LeBron, who would ever win, is one of the NBA's all-time greats. Just putting the team on their back and carrying them to victory. This Denver team, though, if you're not watching them, watch them. They're a lot of fun. They're not just good. They are a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, speaking of all-time greats, there is that Jokic guy that just won two back-to-back MVPs. Remember him? He's also pretty darn great. So we'll see if he's able to get his team over the hump here, playing KD, Booker, CP3. The names on that Suns roster are flashy. It's just not a deep team. Let's go ahead and spin that wheel. Terrence. Terrence is in Georgia. Hey, Terrence. Thanks for the call. Go ahead. Hi, guys. Uh, How y'all doing? Uh, First of all, I like what the Giants did in the draft. And yeah, yeah, Joe, they're the Philadelphia Bulldogs. Uh, <laughs> LeBron James is in his hyperbaric chamber, waiting on the uh, waiting on the uh, the Warriors. Lakers in six, five. Gentlemen, sweet. That's what I got. Thanks, Gentlemen, sweet from the Lakers for the Lakers over the Warriors. Wow, no, That's... they could win the series, but not that, not that easy. That's and we're still test- talking about Steph Curry here. Right, well, and Steph Curry, who just dropped 50 in Game 7 uh, and set an NBA record in doing so. Uh, the Giants, in their draft, they took a cornerback in their first round. Uh, they did get John Smith in the second round of their draft. He fell to them, so a lot of people are giving it an A grade that they showed some of that, that Joe showed, showed some of that patience in letting him fall to them. The Giants had an okay draft. I don't know. I don't have a ton of opinion when it comes to those sorts of draft grades. Decent draft, it looks like. A little help in the backfield there. The Saquon Barkley situation we all know about. They picked up Eric Gray running back out of Oklahoma in that draft. Do you have any large thoughts on any of the 50 takes that we appreciate that Terrence just gave? No, Terrence is always relatively solid. Like I said, I don't necessarily agree with the idea that the Lakers win this in five. The Lakers have been very good, very good late in the regular season and so far in the playoffs. Let's not overvalue what they did to Memphis. Memphis was very lousy, and the Lakers at times were a little suspect there. Game two to lose that game with no John Morant, no Steven Adams, that shouldn't have been a problem, but they still look good. I think it's going to be a very good series against the Warriors. A lot of age out there, probably a lot of timeouts, Uh, for breathers and things of that nature like you would see at the YMCA on Saturday mornings. (laughs) Oh, let's spin the wheel. Austin. Austin is in Jacksonville. Hey, Austin, thanks for the phone call. What do you have for us tonight? Yes, how are you? Good, thanks. Go ahead. I just want to say, touch on what what, what's his name from Georgia was saying. I know Howie Roseman told Nolan Smith he's tired of losing. Nolan Smith said yes. If he gets some dogs, he's ready to win. Go dogs, baby. The uh, the Georgia Bulldog connection there. 
Joe. Uh, it's the Philadelphia Eagles love themselves some Georgia Bulldogs. Shout out to everyone out there, all the Georgia fans who are listening to us right now. I can't wait to hear from you guys in the summer and in the uh, early fall when we get the football season. Let's go. Shout out the Bulldogs, baby. I, the Bulldogs, they have their new – if they didn't have an NFL team to root for, they certainly do now, right? Yeah, they do now. In the yeah. Philadelphia Eagles, because your strategy there in Philly has been, uh, let's just go ahead and take all the Georgia Bulldogs. Should we should we rename the show Georgia and Amber? Georgia? Let's not do that. I don't that. Just, Gators fan makes me a little sick to my stomach. That's fair. You, you know what doesn't make me sick to my stomach? Freddie and Fitzsimmons. They're going to continue to keep you updated on Celtics Sixers Game 1 and Game 7 between the Rangers and the Devils. They are coming up next here on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. This has been the Joe and Amber Podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.